Hello, I am Cody Allingham, and this is the Transformation of Value podcast. Today I talk with BitKiwi Paul, co-organizer of the BitKiwi Meetup events. Now we are coming up to the end of the year and it is a good time to think about what has come to pass and spend time with family and friends. Bitcoin is just a bit of code, some words, a computer network, but for many people it can be a catalyst for profound personal change. Looking at health, introspection, self-development and a reassessment of one's role in the community and in life. You can call it meaning making or finding purpose but there is something about the idea of Bitcoin that is powerful and I do hope you enjoy this exploration with Paul. If you would like to support the show please consider leaving a review or boosting some sats via your favorite podcasting 2.0 platform. Otherwise on to the show. I've just been on this journey of of discovery trying to um, articulate what it means to be a sovereign individual because it's like a proto uh, sovereign individual because I'm not I'm not like fully there yet but it's like when I turn around and look behind me I'm like holy shit I've come all of this way it's like climbing a mountain it's like wow you look down and where you came from and I'm just like drifting through and you know I'm meeting these people and, and it's like well what do you do and it's like well I was trying to think about this last night so I'm living halfway between the dream world and the real world you know I'm I'm in this place of just deep introspection and um, trying to understand my place in the universe and God's plan for me and that sounds really fucked up when you say that out loud but like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like um, this well I feel like Bitcoin brings this like man, you might not attribute it to Bitcoin um, and similar things in my life would attribute them all to Bitcoin but the the principles that spread through you the way it makes you start to think and what it makes you value is it naturally brings you to a lot of introspection I've done so much more introspection in the last couple sort of three years or so than first however many years of life well, just it's been crazy and I think the real big difference as well is that Tokyo as a site of personal transformation, you know, I was here, say, for, well, in 2019, I sort of left, but I was already kind of out of here by 2018, like I wasn't really living here anymore. So it's been a couple of years, and in that time, so much has happened. And when I walked the same streets, you know, like last night, I walked 16 kilometers, you know, just around Tokyo. And just through these side streets and just through the night and it was this beautiful socratic like discussion along the way we were just like talking about what we are where we've come from these kinds of things just following the river we ended up like kind of walking through some old neighborhoods that i used to live in and along the way i realized you know like everything's changing and there is an intellectual way of engaging with that where it's like, well, we're going to go and become a prepper. We're going to try and fight off this change and this kind of wave of of unknown things that is coming our way. But at the same time, it's like kind of surfing it and letting this um, mm. more humanist subconscious thing kind of speak up and, you know, listening to the whispers of the ghost inside. And it, it it's just like a really revolutionary way of thinking about things and as I was saying to you before, but we started recording this this kind of unme no nagare, this wave of fate, I call it, this kind of project I'm working on, where it's like, 
someone says something or recommends I talk to someone or recommends I go somewhere, I'll, I'll just go and do it and I'll just see what happens and give it a go. Mm-hmm. And it's a very stochastic way of living and just sort of see what happens, you know? It's, I think it's a pretty cool way to live. Um, it's, <laughs> obviously, uh, you, know, you have to you manage your time, but if you've got it and you can just try just do someone suggest something just do it uh, it's, it's funny to say that because i've had a lot of things in the last while where i've done things like that like should i go meet this person i don't really know them or i haven't seen it for a long time and, and then you're surprised that that discussion opens up or opportunities for other things or new interests and motivations or new connections and relationships and if you do a series of those things it just it, it just sort of snowballs before you know it a few months later your time has been dominated by things you never would have guessed a few months before. Um, and so it's great. Yeah, it's it's interesting how it, it just happens, right? And I, I think what, again, what's really interesting is, you know, I used to be here and Tokyo is such a fiat city, man. Like, I, I just, I couldn't believe how I even managed to live here before. It's like everything is a transactional uh, it's everything is a transaction. Everything is time based. Everything is unit based. It's you go from here to there. It's going to cost this much, and I've only got this amount of time to meet that person. And that kind of role of serendipity is really just not non-existent. And so I'm at this mm-hmm. co-working space that's like two minutes away from where I'm staying, um, and I go there just to try and use you know a proper desk and stuff and and have a monitor. And there's this other foreign guy who came in and he was like sitting next to me, but he was all like masked up and he was like, he literally like pulled all these like um, movable wall things to like lock himself into this tiny little cubicle. And it was like every orifice was plugged, you know, he had his headphones on, his mask on. And I I was like, man, I literally, you know, I was just sitting there. I was like, man, I just want to smile and like find out who you are and what your name is, but no one has time for that sort of shit in Tokyo. You've got to laugh, though, if that's how you feel about people around you. What are you doing in Tokyo? No, so <laughs> that, that, that's the funny thing, man. Like I'm, I'm here right now, and it's this, um, you know, because I've been traveling around different places, but, you know, I'm back here just to do a few things. But when I first came back this time around, I was like, man, I, I, I hate this place. It was repulsive. But then I just sort of leaned into that, and I was like, well, why do I feel that way? And that's again that feeling of like looking back down the mountain and being well i used to be one of these people like riding the Mm. train and just like being sandwiched in and and like being this like being a fiat agent being an entity in this machine Mm. and now that i'm like out of the machine but i'm still like floating through it's like the internal structure of it i'm like this like loose Mm. nut just like causing damage where i go uh, <laughs> I, I was actually referring to the guy with the oh, masked up oh, and put a cub- no, no, the guy who masked up and put a cubicle around himself. Yeah, I was thinking about him. I was like, man, if that's how you feel, mate, about being in crowds, what are you doing in Tokyo? Tokyo? Yeah, yeah. You should be getting a cottage in the countryside because you just don't yeah. want to be around people. You don't want their brief on you. Yeah, and but it's, it's I see it everywhere I go, and um, I mean, my my best friends here are like all Japanese guys who have managed to kind of you know they make it work. But I remember just when I was living here, I was like, yeah, there's a this kind of uh, this othering effect, which is just really strange, and people sort of end up isolating themselves. And and the compassion that I bring to that now, though, is that I think of it through a Bitcoin lens, which is that Tokyo is a site of fiat. It is a concrete megacity. It, it was built from the ashes of fiat wars, you know. And 
these kind of ideas and that wasn't a lens that I ever had before and I think I was just sort of shouting at clouds trying to trying to make sense of it but now I'm like yeah that's um the true Japanese sort of way of living is you know you go to the countryside and it's just a totally different picture and, and people were like putting out more than they get back this kind of has it's just like proof of work mentality where you you know you you're willing to give things a go you're willing to um make a compromise or work with someone on something whereas tokyo it's like unless there's a transaction in there it's the, it will just never happen um mm. and that's really that's almost the pinnacle of the world really that's what you know all of these cities are uh, uh, on the on the spectrum up towards that tokyo and likes are at the top um and that's yeah i hear similar things about london and new york um you know, just the way the way of living, the way of being in these places is fundamental. Like the the the, the foundation of it is is fiat. Um, mm. kind of the I think gift. even just you come back to New Zealand from Wellington, etc. I think that they would be in that same place if you just scaled them up in number. It's a natural organisation that happens, and you have to get more efficient. All these small things, and there's a lot more people who are needing to do them at the same time, and it just scales up, eh? The, the majority of people in the world are living in these systems and I'm, you know, I'm living in it for your job. <laughs> so right in the mix of it, you've kind of, kind of had to get, it was a long time at the beginning when I was first orange built, but I thought oh, I'm going to last this for much longer. I just won't be able to get out of bed and go do it. But I think my mindset has changed a bit and got really used to it because it's working with people and sort of, I think Bitcoin's made me want to, get to know them a bit better and not be so transactional with them at work. And then once you do, you start to realise they're all just normal people. They just haven't read this or seen this yet, or really their mind just hasn't flicked that switch. Yeah. But actually they're just the same as me still. And so I start to, I don't know, get more motivated. I, as I've repeat, said on your show quite a few times that Bitcoin is maybe more motivated in very fiat-based work environment. Um, and it goes really against a lot of our Bitcoin principles, but I'm loving it and thriving in it because it's changed my mindset of what this is, and it just changes how I do things. Yeah. Well, I went, you know, one of my my things, and I'm, in a way I'm very thankful for my time back in New Zealand to kind of learn, I guess, accumulate different ways of being, and I think of it a lot like, you know, a magpie sort of accumulating stuff to make its nest with, and so there's a way of existing in New Zealand, which when I first moved to Asia, I didn't really understand, I wasn't able to, I wasn't mature enough to really compute the difference in, in you know, what it means to, you know, live live and work in, in New Zealand and kind of, you know, go, go into the outdoors or you know, just kind of the, the the you know everything you would you think of when you think of New Zealand, to bring that into a mega city, I just I wasn't really able to make that mapping kind of work, and so I always was like looking for, and I was like, man, there must be something more to it. But then as I've gotten older, I realised that there is actually a way of living in New Zealand which which is unique, which isn't the standard. Mm. You know, people don't go hunting and fishing normally in most parts of the world. Most people live in mm. apartment buildings, they ride subways, and they live in mega cities, you know, billions of people around the world. And that's that's the unique perspective. And I think it was just I, I came in with this like mm. naivety that, you know, everyone's got mountains yeah. around them, but they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Even I remember when I was in high school, we had um studied Japanese in high school and we did a system where um, some Japanese students came over and stayed with us and then the next year we went to Japan and stayed with them. 
and and you saw those things like it blew my mind the first night they arrived and you'd sort of pick them up from the airport and they walked outside and they were all just like wow oh my god like what and they're just staring up at stars yeah and i was like what are you guys talking about and they're just like well, you just don't see the stars where we live i was like what yeah they're like you walk outside and the sky's just black every night and i was like what are you talking about? and then a year later when i went stay with them they were from um osaka and i went and stayed there and it was the first thing i wanted to do I got there and i looked up and there were no stars yeah and, I was, the, and so i was like wow <laughs> what's well, it's the the, the permadusk you know it's just the glow yeah of the sky. yeah 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 and then you saw i remember every shower at the end of the day being in the city and the, and the water's like gray and you're like what the, the hell's going on and then you start to realize all these things about what life is really like in a super proper big city yeah yeah and i mean even just the way i you know the approach to nature you know just like yeah just climb the mountain just you know climb the tree go go through mm-hmm. the you know ford through the river like it's just not a mode of existence that is very common and i guess that's the beginning of the idea that there's different ways of being and i think we're entering into this kind of frothy interstitial period where these kinds of questions are being asked and people are like beginning to interrogate new ways of living because the fiat kind of uh nine to five uh career building thing is being challenged on so many levels whether it's ai or whether it's Mm -hmm. uh you know the removal of uh, you know bitcoin kind of changing the incentive structures for these kinds of things there's there's all of these like structural changes and i don't know like you look at some of the people in you know in in a place like tokyo and and the work they're doing and and that and it's like what is the meaning in this and that's a, a judgmental position to be in because what's the meaning in the work that i'm doing and it's this kind of funny thing where it's like we're all just mm. i mean pretending. it's funny because people are wanting to return to their without knowing it, i think a lot of the time return to their natural sort of urges and and that is doing you know not not that part of that system it's actually just waking up and living your life and surviving and thriving and i think people have been you know we talk a lot in bitcoin about the the sovereign individual and and progressing to that sort of um um, world but in reality people were without re- them maybe realizing it progressing towards sovereign individuality already for quite a few years now and i think it's just something that technology enables in a world like we have now you know we centralize things because that's what we had to do to get better things and it worked for a long time now we're in a position where technology enables decentralization and that we can achieve all these things and faster and better without having to be centralized and all these different facets and and it's been coming on for a while now because you saw it you know you talk about like the old the gig economy and then people talk about you know everyone's a hustler now and you know you've got all these um these these mediums you can um create your own products and make your own money without needing to um, get signed by somebody or get you know or a store to buy your product and you know you can just get direct to consumer there's all these different little things now and you've got all these people coming out of high school who are just going straight into doing their own things and figuring out and, and having several different income streams and and then you progress it to the older people when it's becoming like a contractor economy um you know there's the it's, it's changing a bit in new zealand now with the new government and the situation but but um for quite some time now you know it was tr- um, trending permanent 
trending down and contractors trending up as people realize that actually they've got something individual to offer and they're not just filling the role. People going out to find, oh, that, that guy or that girl that I worked with, she's really good at this and this and we need that done for this job or this project. So let's go hire her. She's a contractor. She'll come work for us on an hourly rate for six months, 12 months, two years and deliver that. And that's just sort of the way it's going. It's you, you find the people with the right skills and it can be nuanced now. It's not just numbers and people in, in gaps. Um, and so Bitcoin is obviously the ultimate enabler for that, for that really. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, that's where we're going to get to and it's going to be, pretty cool to see but you know i imagine the whole world is just a collective of sovereign individuals and finding each other for the right skills and creating more localized economies um it's just yeah it's kind of a dreamland and that then that's everyone exiting that system where they're lined up in desks or you know they might still be lined up in desks but they're all they've all got their own skill sets and different contract rates and they're doing something different that motivates them and provides passion for that particular thing that's providing that that service or product that's where we're going to go it's going to be great yeah well i'm also conscious you know i'm sort of i'm on this sort of vision quest trying to find the next thing or i guess letting the next thing find me as i wander the earth and i I realize that you know i mean i've always known that i'm unemployable you know like i just don't i don't fit into labels you know i've done work as a designer i've done work as um producer as a photographer you know there's kind of these things right but the whole package is like the different dots are connected and things happen and i I don't know how you put that onto a cv you know like Mm. it just doesn't that's where you just build a career through reputation and networking and that's you know that's some of the most enjoyable you know because you know i've been doing tons of different things that's yeah. on top of my fair job over the last year or two and those have been the most awesome and motivating things is just meeting somebody through somebody and then finding that they have a need for something that you've got experience in or you can provide and it's so much more fulfilling than clocking in nine to five you know just getting to talk to people and, and investigate what they're doing and then offer some opinions and then see it add some value is, is incredibly fulfilling. And then even in my regular fair job, it's been m- most enjoyable parts have been when I've had an idea and seen something that could be a lot better. And then someone's given me enough trust to let me go and do it. And then just you're just super motivated to see it as success. And it's just people thrive on that stuff. No one really wants to go and clock out and do a monotonous task all day. Yeah. You know, that's just not the way. Well, that, that's been kind of one of my organizing principles because one of the big ideas... Um, I keep talking to people about BitKiwi actually um, over here and I'm like, man, you know, like t- t- talking about organizing meetups and events and I'm saying, hey, you know, like the, this is how, you know, these guys did it in New Zealand. It was really enjoyable, uh, you know, some of the best events that I've ever been to. And I was trying to explain like the vibe, you know, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm, it's like, you mm. know, how do people spend eight hours talking about Bitcoin stuff? And I'm like, yeah, well, if you come along, you'll see. And it's like, trying to share that in tokyo and i mean these are good guys here but they're like oh you know we've got this time slot where this thing can happen and we've all got to take one and a half hour train rides back to our houses and stuff and i'm like look that's just the 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 structure of the city that makes it that way but Mm. there's there's this like intangible kind of um, passion and vibe and kind of a very humanist kind of emotion that is Mm. bound by these these logical rules of bitcoin but like it means that the only thing that can really um, change is the the way you feel about it, you know, because the rules aren't going to change. And so there's this real thing where it's like, 
you, you can't approach it from like an engineering logical perspective. Like the logic is set. Once you understand it, there's no changing that logic. But the way you embrace it and this sort of social layer and the kind of the the passion is the only variable. And so that's what my big sort of thing has been lately is like, well, what does community look like? Mm. Um, you know, I was out I was out west for a couple of weeks, uh, Western Japan, and there's this idea like all of the cities are shrinking as everyone moves to Tokyo and the population declines in Japan. And so like everywhere except Tokyo is getting smaller and, and like aging. And there was these guys there talking about this um, uh, this like village that they were trying to like re rejuvenate and get young people to like move out there. And the local prefecture was going to like give give people money to like have families out there and stuff. And I was like, and again, that was like fate. Like took me to this event that they were talking about this thing. I didn't plan on doing that, but that was the people that I was supposed to meet. And they were talking about you know they got this village, this fishing village, and they want to build all these like houses and have these like families start like orchards and like a circular economy and i'm like man that's like the most bitcoin thing i've ever heard and oh yes and and it's like a thing right and um i was like yeah and i got to meet one of the organizers and i was chatting to him and i was like yeah that's that's like a new way of being mm. that we haven't had access to for a long time um and it's like nothing to do with bitcoin but it's like they, they're, they're doing it and bitcoin is just sitting yeah. there waiting to join that you know the, the advent of remote working out of the back of COVID is actually making these things possible. I would be surprised at seeing this stuff explode. And then when you get these types of community setups embrace Bitcoin, then they'll just go, they'll just be next level. Um, but that is pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. And so that's, you know, because I'm so absorbed in the Bitcoin world at the time, but that's happening outside of the Bitcoin world. That's somebody thinking the exact same thing without having anything to do with Bitcoin. Yeah, like we we had this chat, so they, they, they've got it really planned out, and it was like the most amazing thing ever. So I went to this event, and they had like a big mock-up of like the village, and they had like food, because they've they got like their local dish and, you know, specialty food and stuff, and they had like a, a woman there who was like making, preparing the food, and it's like the, the special food of the place, and it was like a whole whole thing, and I was having a good chat with them, and I was like, yeah, this is this is what Bitcoin is kind of you know part of this movement like bitcoin is just one symptom of a larger human movement like i don't even know which one came first but like these guys are just doing it and then even just talking i was at this like uh cafe and I was, there was a little exhibition upstairs and i was talking to the girl who had her artwork there and she had like left tokyo to come back and it's like a it's a cultural thing that's they call it like a u-turn U like going back to your hometown from the big city and I was like, man, that's the exact same thing that's happening in like the USA and different parts of the world. Um, yeah. And it's like in the local vernacular of Japan and this kind of totally disconnected because, you know, a lot of that media doesn't really flow through. They're doing the same thing, you know, and same in China. There's a whole thing around, they call it lying flat, where you like, you just work the minimum. You just sort of, instead of trying to like grind your way through the fiat system and getting into a top university, you're just like, yeah, I'll just work in a convenience store and do jazz music on the weekends with my friends and just kind of live my life. And it's like, there's this kind of, yeah, like just a global zeitgeist emerging of like authenticity, maybe it's maybe what, what it is. I don't know. That's really awesome. But I hope I hope to see a lot more than that. I want to see it popping up here. Um, well, you know, the, the fiat world will label these things cults probably and all sorts, but. <laughs> We've got plenty of that here, man. And I'll tell you, they, um, yeah, that's, that's like a whole thing as well. And I think 
that's another realization that is it's not all just you know happy go lucky it's like there are forces at play that will you know as things decentralize there will be groups that like do it in a radical way that's like anti anti human or it's um mm-hmm. it's sort of uh, exploitative and you know what what does that mean you know do people because people opt into that ultimately you know if it's some sort of cult it's like you got to choose to leave and you got to choose to go into it but that you know, if people are looking for meaning, and there's this group that provides meaning to them, it's like wow, it's where do you draw the line? When when wow, it sounds like a happy life, man. I mean, you're gonna have to put um, send me the link to this village. <laughs> village yeah, well, but like, I guess what I'm saying though is like, I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, there are there are lines, and you know, when people, when things start cutting you off from your family, and they start getting in the way of you know your of yourself then that's when you know a, a group can be exploitative but I, I guess the cautionary tale is that, that that's probably going to come part and parcel with these other really cool opportunities um i don't i don't know man like it's i, I actually realize i don't know anything eh? like i i've <laughs> and i've been like you know looking at this ai stuff and and just how quickly that's emerging um, I've I think got my head in the sand on that. Eh? I feel like I've got so much going on in my life that I've almost subconsciously tried to avoid it. Man, this is a whole new world, Bitcoin-esque world that I could get into that I can't absorb myself in right now. So I'm kind of relying on others to keep, keep me up to date occasionally. You know. Yeah, I think it is sort of, in a way, uh, a symptom again of this bigger thing. And I, we don't know what this bigger thing is, but we can see its shadow. And the bigger symptom is this idea of like post-truth, you know, because AI necessarily, you know, like what is what does that mean? Like what is the truthfulness of that? What is what what can we trust? Um and it, it sort of just happens. It's an emergent thing that happens as we enter into this post-truth world, which in uh, in the age of COVID and, and Ukraine and Gaza and all of this bullshit, it's like, well, I literally can't trust anything except my node and my you know what i mm. what i'm running locally and what i'm doing here around me and so i guess bitcoin it, it does enable you to scale up a trust system based on like you know inside out you know i was like oh well, we've got my node i can trust you know the guys i'm working with i can trust the family and friends around me everything beyond that gets very fluffy mm. and vague and unknown but i don't care about that just yet that's exactly how i often live day to day like i really don't read anything about covid or gaza and israel or ukraine or really much of anything that's going on all the stuff about politics in new zealand lately with the new government i really pay no attention unless i only pay attention to things that are directly affecting me and so yeah i'm exactly the same um you, you can only trust your own eyes and ears and i guess i'm always conscious of global Bitcoin stuff, just because that's my passion. But yeah, and I, I find life to be much happier. And you know, sometimes I think, oh, I'm not watching the news, and I'm not checking news stuff. You know what? You know, I've often had a philosophy in, in life that you know, you try something, see what it's like first, and then make an assessment and just decide to keep doing it. Stop. There. You know, it's pretty sort of a logical sequence. And stopping watching the news and keeping up with the current affairs. It's like, okay, what's going to happen? You know, I might miss something important or there's something this and something that. I miss nothing. It's been going a while now. 
and people to you find out things that need, you need to know through other people or they you know some things slip into my bitcoin feed somehow following kiwi bitcoiners they might tweet about something topical occasionally um and and you just you find out enough it never happens where someone's like oh have you heard about this and you've got to do that and you've got to do this it doesn't really happen i mean there was a lot of COVID, obviously but it doesn't really happen you don't need all that just forget about it is it really things you should give a crap about and devote your precious time time's the only thing you got yeah that's it yeah and it comes back to agency as well like having the the, the trust in yourself and and this is maybe this kind of um emergent role of um, kind of stewardship and even though bitcoin is decentralized and for everyone i think there is this kind of uh komatua type role and you know we talk about the lifeboats and but ha- having the agency that you know that no matter what happens i've got a local community that i'm part of that i can support um mm. that they can support me and then also just as an individual i'm capable of uh, performing things that you know the media or the the you know the system would have you believe you're not capable of because i do you know have this belief that people are, are capable of great things and um there's this kind of divine spark of humanity um mm. that we we carry and as i said even just last night you know i was like you know because I, I enjoy long walks through cities and places you know it's like yeah 16 kilometers you know that's not that's not a super big walk that's a good three four hours and most people wouldn't think that they, you know, that they'll just go and do that. And I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. We didn't bring our phones. We didn't bring anything. And I was like, we'll just go and we'll follow mm. the, the the way the city will, you know, will guide us through into the night. And for me, I'm like, that's in- incredibly empowering to like be able to do. As long as it's safe enough. Yeah. 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 Well, but even if it's not, it's like, well, what's, what's, what's going to happen? You know, like you, you can't live in a place where you're like, well, what if, what if it's like, well, Mm. we'll just let it happen and i mean of course you need to use common sense but you know and if you're using common sense you'll know you'll you'll feel it before you think it that this isn't a safe thing to do and you'll turn around but it's when you intellectualize it and you say oh well i don't think that's a good idea i've got work tomorrow morning i've got to get up i've got to do this i've got to do that and you start like adding noise Mm. and and you actually don't let the thing happen that needed to happen and I was having, you know, so about halfway through, because I, I have this like philosophy of wandering, which is a whole nother thing, you know, it's like part of my creative work, but it's like, you know, you get this apex of the the wander, you know, you get to the end of it where you realize now it's time that we start, should start sort of heading back. And it's around about then that you let you you let go of the, the worldly considerations where you're like, oh, you know, oh, what am I going to do? You know, because you're thinking about work or your, your business or whatever for mm. the first half, but then on the mm. second half, you're like, oh, you just let it speak to you. And I was thinking, you know, man, I could make this into a thing. Like, you know, in the hyper-Bitcoinized world, it's like, yeah, I'll just walk across the world and just see what happens, you know? And it sounds like crazy, but it's like, that's like what a pilgrimage is, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, who does that anymore? It's like this ancient tradition that no one does. Um, yeah, I don't think, just just bringing it back to a really vague concept, just just actually being in a moment is that's kind of such a terrible cliche. It sounds so cheesy, but but people don't do that, you know? And I never did that until the last few years. You know, I was a very fit person, and everything seemed to be, had to be black and white. If it wasn't, then it was just because I didn't know it well enough yet, and that's it, you know? This isn't my thing, <laughs> and that sort of attitude. And now I just am different. You know, sometimes there's times when you just say, "Actually, this is something that's pretty amazing right now." It's like you know, just the light or the view or the the music 
is a big one for me as well. Yeah, sometimes something will happen. I'll just feel a certain way and I'll just stop everything else and maybe just turn it up really loud and just lie down and close my eyes and just try and forget about everything second, just absorb into that. And even if it's only for a minute, you finish that, you just, there's something about it. It's, it's therapeutic. You're just like, shit. And I needed to just forget and just be in a moment, actually, mm-hmm. and listening to the sounds and feeling what things feel like that you're lying on or whatever, you know, just focusing on those, you know, just classic generic meditation type cliches, but you just do that stuff. And it's, it is amazing what it yeah. can do for you. And, and I think this commodification of time, you know, the development, the invention of the second of the hour, the, the work week, um, mm. you know, everything's about productivity, everything's, you know, it's like you've got to be a content creator, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And, and I think that's where there's a little bit of a mismatch, you know, because we're talking about this new Bitcoin world where everyone's their own thing, but it's still sort of framed by this fiat kind of hustle culture, productivity, hacking kind mm. of mindset. And I'm like, yeah. I don't need to do that. You know, I'm, I'm working on a novel that no one's going to read, but that doesn't matter because the act of writing it is the catharsis for me. And that's the mm-hmm. release for me of this thing that I'm carrying. And I'm just wandering the city without a phone, without anything, without any worldly possessions as I see what mm-hmm. it has to show me. And that's in itself is a revolutionary way of living because everyone else around me is on their phone. And they're in this little device in this virtualization and that's the true Mm. that's the true kind of uh lie that's being told is that you can find satisfaction from within that device um Mm. and i was was meeting up with a friend of mine he's um studying architecture and he's been working on these projects exploring sort of how sort of urban urban spaces are you know laid out and and that sort of thing and he, he told me this idea of the unique specificity of the moment and how if you just look around and you think, man, in the history of the universe, this arrangement of us right now, the people in the room or whoever you happen to be with, uh, that will never happen again. And every moment is like that. And they're chained together. It's like the blockchain, right? It's mm. like immutable. Everything has this like the billiard balls of fate are just sent out. Yeah. And you're there fucking around on your phone, you know, like, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> yeah, man, it's a good one. And- I remember a few years ago, I was commuting all the time and in the winter it would be dark when I left in dark and I got home. And some nights I just started to notice there'd be a really spectacular, like specific light of the moon. And it's like, despite doing a commute every day, the tri- New Zealand being New Zealand, the drive was incredibly scenic. So the first month was amazing, then I kind of got used to it. But um, there was just see these views around this inlet sometimes it would just be amazing and then my first instant reaction was oh pulled over the car so i'll get a photo so i can show somebody this you know and then you take a photo you could never you could not capture what i was seeing in a photo you could not you know i'm I'm, don't, I'm not a photographer so i'm a photographer might laugh and say that's uh pretty obvious everyone knows that but me trying a few days in a row and sort of thing going man i can't show anyone this i can't and then it suddenly dawned on me you know this isn't for taking a picture to show somebody this is a moment for me actually and so then i i didn't stop i stopped taking photos but i didn't stop looking and i kept and i would pull over and i'd just get out and stand there for a minute just look at it like man who else is seeing this this is pretty unique it's just mine now (laughs) yeah i mean similar to that like i remember in the height of of the covid bullshit you know because i was definitely half of me was intellectualizing it quite a lot, you know, and that was sort of part of my Bitcoin journey is understanding what's going on in these kind of power structures and all of this stuff. But 
I remember the, you know, I was, I was, and I was quite upset, obviously, at the time. You know, they, we were going through this just chaotic time, and it was very stressful. And un, and at the time, you know, I didn't have the perspective to understand how it all f- sort of the pieces fitted together. But I remember I was hanging out in the town belt mm. up in Wellington. You know, up in the you know, there's a little pine trees and stuff. And I remember just seeing the sunset and the way the sun like shone through these like leaves onto the ground. And I was just sitting there and I was like, man, everything's gonna be okay. And I remember that I remember that feeling, and I was like, there is a time and a place to intellectualize and to think about the political structures, the economics, the the physics of it. But you still have to have this realization that it's all temporary and that there's a you know, your life and your time on earth and this you know, this human moment is is finite. Um and there's there's something as simple as uh, the sun shining through some leaves onto the ground can give you this connection to the divine. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think everything's going to be okay, um, as long as you stack, stack sets and stay humble. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's it's interesting because I um, had this realization of being pretty philosophical, a little bit philosophical, but I always had this feeling like you go like you say everything's always changing, it's constant. And 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 the and you get these unique moments and mixtures of light and people and environments and feelings, and I always just kind of saw this thing that's like you almost could you divide your life into these little compartments, and you don't know when it's changed, but all of a sudden something happens or you smell a smell or you get a feeling, and you're like, oh, that's I remember six months ago. That's how I was, and suddenly you get this flashback of what your life was at that exact point. And where you were and who you're associating with and what you're doing, and you suddenly realise that that things have actually changed and they've moved now, and now you're in a different place. You might you might be living in the same place, but things are different. So there's different aspects of your life have changed, and actually there's a different feeling. And I almost would condense it into this this feeling, and this sort of kind of what I call it, like oh, I've got a certain feeling at the moment, and that will change, and then I'll have a new feeling that'll be my life, and then I'll remember that feeling and I'll flip that that things have actually changed, but you don't often realize that things are transitioning. Then all of a sudden something's become more nostalgic to you when you think about it. It might've only been six months ago, you know, and you've, you've, you've been through another change. It's like, oh, interesting. I often had had ideas about sitting down and trying to record this <laughs> of my life and trying to describe some of these compartments, but I think it's just bigger than being to live in that moment itself too. <laughs> well, it, it's hard because once it's a bit like quantum mechanics or something like you can't, um, you can't describe it and feel it at the same time. You you can only do one or the other, you know. Yes, yeah, that's right, that's right. And, and the way I think about it, because you know, I'm I'm really into jujitsu, and um, that was a bit of a life changing thing for me as well. Um, but it's like you can't think about anything else when you're like rolling around, like you know, choking each other out and like playing, mm. um, you know, playing jujitsu. It's just not possible to consider anything else except what you're doing in front of you, and it's like it's one of these releases and like i always think man no matter what's going on intellectually it's like yeah if we've got a mat somewhere or some grass or something you know we can just wrestle and do jujitsu and it's going to be all good and that's like um this real emotive thing it's like a very humanist thing it may be a bit like dancing or or, or any kind of sport or exercise where you're you're moving but you're, you're not too intellectual about it because i think some sports lend themselves more to are thinking 
was I used to do a lot of weightlifting and stuff, and I find that was a bit different because you can think about things still, mm. and you can have a podcast or something. But if you're doing like jujitsu, there's no podcasts, or you know, there's no there's no other thinking taking place. You know, that's a really good point. Because people talk about jujitsu just having lots of benefits for the mind and all this sort of stuff, and that kind of explains it a bit because it almost it puts you into a meditative state almost because you can't. It's almost a. It's almost a kind of. A, it sounds like it's almost like a cheat way to, to clear the mind, you oh, know? Yeah. Because all of a sudden you, the mind is just going to be clear. Because otherwise you may break something yeah. or die. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be. You got to be paying attention, or you're going to get armbarred, and you know it's going to bend the yeah. wrong way. Your legs are going to bend the wrong way, and your arms are going to break. And and yeah, yeah. And I see it. It's it's part of a. It's part of a, a connection of of these kind of ideas of like again authenticity and connection to the present moment and in a way this kind of fiat structure it, it, it's bigger than that it's it's like a, an evolution of humanity's relationship with itself and so we've we've kind of um, created a place where we're actually pretending to be robots in a lot of cases you know like I look at the way a lot of service workers and people are working here or taxi drivers and stuff and it's like there's a certain pleasure maybe there, but it's like they're LARPing and they're pretending to just be these like automatons. And maybe that in itself is, mm. is pleasurable, but actually, yeah, I was just, when you said it, that's when you, cause you know, I've had jobs when I was younger that were pretty um, monotonous sort of thing. And I did get pleasure out of it. Like <laughs> when I was a teenager, I worked at KFC as a cook and I loved it at the time, and I still occasionally have random dreams where I'm working at KFC after all these years, and I just loved that. I remember I was just fully focused on um, producing the fastest. Like at the time, I was a very fast at cooking, and so I'd get all the most busiest shifts because they needed the person who was the fastest. But I took pride in that, and I, you know, the cookers had timers on them, so I could time every action that was part of this job. And figure out how fast I could do things, and you know, and then I'd just always be challenging myself to beat my own records, and and I just found it immensely enjoyable turning up and doing that. And when you think about it, same as what you're saying about jujitsu, when I was doing that, I wasn't thinking about other things, you know. I was just as soon as I started that shift, I was like, all right, what, how, you know, how can I do this better than I ever do it? <laughs> And you just bang, you're into it. Well, I mean, I might, yeah, I might have talked about this before, but I mean, the the best job I ever had when I back in the day was like cleaning office buildings. You know, I had this like vacuum cleaner on my back, and it just had this white noise. And you know, you just it was late at night in Hastings, just like vacuuming office buildings. You know, and it was just the most liminal, relaxing thing I had ever done. And I think, man, like fuck trying to work in an office or something. You know, where you're intellectualizing it. It's like I just want to be in the moment and even that in itself when you put bitcoin into the picture it's like yeah well you know you, you could be sitting on a stack you know and still do mm. stuff like that and it, it brings new ways of being and i'm, I'm brought back to like uh, diogenes the, you know the greek philosopher who like lived in a barrel in the middle of the city and he just had this like alternative lifestyle and i think people shit on alternative lifestyles but I think there is something to be said. Like we don't all have to be ubermensch engineers, you know, building amazing stuff. It's like some people, their role and is given divinely perhaps is to just see, mm. you know, like what does it mean to just be the person who observes? Mm. So much respect. And I love when you see those videos of like people who are like really good at some like quite bespoke 
um, skill or job, basically a job. Yeah. And like 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 street food um, cookers in there and all that sort of stuff. I love that stuff when you see something. Like, I think everyone saw that clip of that guy doing the popcorn at some movie theater. Yeah. And he was like flipping it around and then he's just like the king of making these popcorn things. And I just love that shit. When I come across somebody in a job, like I, I catch the train every day to work. I love my train guy. He is one of those guys, man. He is the best train dude you could imagine. Like he's got systems and processes and he gets shitty with like new people who don't understand exactly, you know, like he like doesn't get shitty with them. But you can see he's a little bit put out that they don't know that you take the card out and then he scans it or, you know, they don't know when you exactly when you should press the button to open the train door or when you need to get out of his way and stuff like that. And I just, I giggle away to myself because, man, this dude is efficient. And I know his systems now, you know, like I see someone get on the bag, I was like, he's going to go tell that guy that he should put his bag between the middle seats and the middle of the carriage because there's a space there and it won't get anybody's way. And that he'll come and remind him that it's there towards the end of the journey. And sure enough, there is like clockwork. He's seen that bag a mile away. He's coming down to tell this guy his message, help him out. Like, and he's just, yeah, he's the king, eh? He's the king. Yeah. Well, it's, um, I think these are questions to be broached and it's sort of part and parcel of the the Bitcoin project is, you know, what do these alternative ways of being mean? And again, I think there is this negative connotation that, you know, maybe it's um, it's a bit woke or it's it's in this, um, you know, this kind of political agenda. But I, I think ultimately there's, there's something about everyone that's, you know, we all have our passions and our hobbies and our things that we do, but in a lot of cases that gets suppressed. Um, because it's like, well, I have to do it for the money or, or whatever. And I think in that is the the deep contradiction of our time is that, you know, we have to work to, to make the money. But if the people in the conversation that we've just had is, if the people that we're talking about here are, are you know, they're stacking sats, they've got the money, like they're, they're all good. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it sort of changes and it, and it creates this participatory thing where I think the fiat mindset will say, well, they're just going to sit around playing Xbox all day and being lazy motherfuckers and I, I i tend to think like that's not what's going to happen because you know people will, will find their thing and maybe it's not it, an economic output but maybe it's something that's a bit more social or holistic well, it's, but... the, the ability to save your wealth fundamentally changes all of these mindsets and it's crazy because yes. you know that that guy's the king white train he could if he could if he you know if he knew enough about Bitcoin and was stacking sets, you know, he, he's not going to be ever sitting around playing PlayStation. He, uh, the way that the fiat system works and the cantaloupe effect means that these are the people that are most taken away from, most affected because their ability to save has just been destroyed over, over the last few decades. And they just, you know, they just need to be able to save their money. He is the king of the train. And I bet you he's the kind of guy who would put away a little bit of his money and save it, but he wouldn't do that in this world. Because nobody's even telling people to do that anymore. Because it's just you're just going to lose its purchasing power straight away. So when people, when we're under a Bitcoin standard, and people in all walks of life and all levels of job have the ability to just save their money, it's just co- going to completely change the world. Because these people aren't going to be poor. They, you know, their 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 level of wealth is not going to come down to the type of job they have. It's going to come down to their personal discipline and principles. And so they can have a job that earns a lot less money and they can be wealthy in this world. And that's going to change everything. Yeah, man. And and what that enables as well, like, um, 
you can you know be saving in this new form of money that is just superior in every way you can build actual wealth um and then you can also find meaning and and i i see here you know there's a lot of elderly people in japan it's an aging population and you see like a lot of these older people um you know coming out of retirement um to make a little bit of extra money but also to do something to connect with people and i think man there's something actually really honorable about that like um you know, people. I think. I mean, the, I think the myth has been dispelled that retirement is the time for golf and just taking it easy. It's like deep down, it's like if you do that, you're just going to cark it. Like you need to be doing mm. something productive, mm. and whether that's gardening or some kind of activity around the home or like some sort of volunteer work, the people who who live to a hundred or whatever, they're the ones who are actually, you know, especially in Japan, and you know, everyone everyone seems to be like about a hundred years old, but like they seem to do really well when they're in these like even just volunteer groups but uh they're, they're mm. being part of a society and you know the playstation thing that that's a fair symptom you know and it's the virtualization and it's the, dis- the disconnection from other people being fear induced nihilism it's just yes all it is right yeah man and yeah you talk about things that you do upon retirement like when you describe doing things in the community that's not paid work, I mean, it's just the same, really. They're just finding a motivation that gets them out of bed every day, something they want to go do, and it keeps you going. It gives you something to aim at. It gives you purpose. And that's what you need to do. I had been in conversations where people are, oh, you know, I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to retire at 54. I'm like, I can't think of anything worse. Like, what the hell? Like, And I will openly <laughs> say in conversations yeah. with people, I'm never retiring. Yeah. I don't care. I'm never retiring. I will tail down work as my physical body demands it otherwise what the hell like what are you doing yeah going out being passionate about bitcoin and other things that are passionate life that's that is life that's everything yeah and why would i be looking forward to a time to stop it yeah (laughs) i don't even get it anymore yeah no and i mean i I think that that myth is is pretty dispelled like i mean shit you know there isn't even a pension anyway or anything waiting for any of us at the end of it so it's not going to happen you know but it's like you've either got a stack of bitcoin or you don't that's the you know and so i mean that's part of the the altruism of like trying to let people know that yeah the kiwi saver ain't going to be there um depending on the you know how old you are but like i don't i don't see those fiat systems supporting people and that i mean that interestingly in japan that's um it's pretty common knowledge they have a pension system here and like everyone knows that you pay your pension every month into the system, but you won't be getting it out. Um, you know, like young people who are working. Um, so you're effectively paying for the current lot of old people, but mm. it's just a social contract eh, that, that yeah. you'll pay for them now. And your who's going to pay for you? Kids are going to pay for you supposedly, but no one's having that's... kids. So it's not, it's not happening. Right. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I think at a high level, that's, kind of part of this this big thing and I, I know we haven't really nailed any topics down today but we've been exploring this idea of you know what I call the, the wave of fate that is kind of I'm letting it take me where I need to go and meet who I need to meet and it certainly proved really uh, a really powerful force to sort of delegate to, to fate you know and I've had a chance to meet some really cool Bitcoiners um, uh, have some really deep conversations about these kinds of things and I guess kind of take stock because entering into a hyper Bitcoinized world where there's actually enough surplus productivity and surplus capital and all of that kind of abundance, it actually means you can do stuff like deep creative pursuits that don't have to be monetized mm. either. 
because I, I mean, the idea of like content and like blogging these journeys through the underworld of Tokyo and through the streets and stuff like it's that's cool, but I don't actually want to do that. I want to create something a bit more, you know, maybe I'll write a book, maybe I'll do something else. And that's the kind of work that Fiat doesn't really gel with. Mm. How can you know, how can you create a beautiful piece of work when it needs to be a six second TikTok video? You know, yeah, I loved on the um, on our one of our group threads the other day, and it's James Scour, I think, made a comment that you know, I've been thinking about a lot anyway, but it was quite poignant about you know, the, um, people building things in Bitcoin and the completely different mindset. You know, it's not, it's not raise, raise a, a startup fund and have a launch and you've got to make X amount in month one, etc. It's people building things with no expectation of short-term profit, you know, the, um, the actual Bitcoin principle, principles. And you see people building things this way. And, and and then the great irony is they'll probably end up intensely profitable because they've built it this way. It's far more likely to take some hold and, take, and, and be successful in the long term. Um, and I love that mindset and that's how that's how I'm trying to do things. Um, and yeah. I, I love that that's what we're seeing come through. And you see the slow burn of, of the really great Bitcoin innovations. Yeah. And, and I think also the, the other thing that's dawned on me, you know, after I've done, you know, there's coming up, you know, just well, a month or two now overseas, but, you know, I'm starting to sort of realize, you know, that I am this kind of emissary for, um, I guess, not, not, I wouldn't say New Zealand, but, you know, for my people. You know, it's sort of I, I am a, a a model for, you know, who I think of as as my people, and 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 you know, I want to say New Zealanders, and you know, I mean, what I mean by that, like, um, not in the terms of the nation state, but like the way we do things. You know, I often talk to people about mate culture in New Zealand and how you know you got friends for life and stuff, and that's just not maybe necessarily a concept that exists everywhere. You know, believe it or not, and you know the way people can sort of stand up for each other and these kind of things that I think are quite normal in New Zealand. But then I realized as well that it's like I'm also a model for humanity. And I I sort of, I mean, it's a tall order, but it's like, you know, how do you be good to people? You know, like, what does that mean? And I'm not talking about effective altruism, you know, <laughs> Sam Bankman-Fried, but like, I mean, like, how do you actually bring goodness into the world? And that sounds a bit woo-woo, but I mean, these are just things that come up on a 16-kilometer walk, you know? You're like, well, you know, if someone's struggling, like, what do you do? You know, what is the role of philanthropy and charity and, I don't know, these kinds of ideas? Because, mm. again, in a fiat system, we forget that stuff. And in a system of scarcity, whether it's fiat or not, but a scarce system, you know, you got to, it is Darwinism, you know, you got to, it's like fight or flight, you know, you got to mm. dog eat dog. But can we actually be good to our fellow man? Because we're actually being, in the process, being good to ourselves. I think we, the way the world's gone now, people spend a lot of time wanting to appear to be good. To fellow men not actually being that good to many fellow men um so i feel like there's a ton of people out there that do things which are uh, more global or more wider because they just want to be seen on in the right places to be saying or doing the right thing so you know they might donate to a charity or they might help organize something for a charity or they might just make posts supporting something you know and that, and that is the most important thing but actually yeah. I feel like if you really want to do good in this world, I feel like it's about local. I feel like don't waste your time with any of that and actually look out for the local community around you and the people closest to you and look for the ones that need help and go and help them. Yeah. And 
and specifically don't tell anybody about it or don't post about it or don't just go and do it and you'll be surprised at, well, firstly, you'll feel good for helping them, but then you, you'll get it back in spades and it just creates a better feeling. You get stronger bonds with the people around you because they start to appreciate things that you've done for them and they're more willing to do things for you. So then you appreciate them more. It builds in your local community, just start, will just start spreading. Your group of friends will get a little bit wider and they'll be closer and they'll be, and, and, and I feel like that's got a greater global impact than all the nonsense we see today. People, I don't know, modern terms, laughing around or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, you know, they're, they're more, they're more intent on people on appearing to be good than actually being good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Love thy neighbor mm. and turn, turn the other cheek. Some fundamental stuff there, but, um, Hey, but Kiwi Paul, it's good to chat. We're, 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 good. we're, we're philosophizing, um, <laughs> but man, it's, yeah, there's been a lot. Bit of, bit of amateur philosophy. Nothing beats it. I think all philosophy is amateur, isn't it? I mean, yeah, of course. Some, I guess some people get paid <laughs> to, to espouse, but um, yeah, actually, I've worked with people with degrees in philosophy, they don't seem like philosophers, <laughs> philosopher kings, um, Satoshi, the way of being to give and then to just step aside. There's something profound in all of this, man, and we're working it out as we go. I don't know if we'll ever quite get there, but um, thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on again. Love it as always. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I do hope you enjoyed the show. I am Cody Allingham, and that was the transformation of value. If you'd like to get in touch, please send me an email at hello at the transformation of value.com and I will get back to you.